Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining another episode of Speak Your Truth with Sonia Majib. Thank you so much for joining today. We are live with uh, Rachel Kirkland, and Rachel is known as a modern shaman. She is a world renowned psychic and shaman. She has appeared on the BU channel, Spaced Out Radio, Awaken to Brilliance podcast, The Angel Network. Uh, she's been featured in Mental Health and Shamanic, uh, Shamanic News and was awarded Best Female Medium in the World in 2016 in World Paranormal Awards. Rachel has a master's degree in education and after many years working in the paranormal community, she founded her own psychic development and shamanic training uh, teaching curriculum. She maintains a personal psychic and healing practice as well as training and mentoring spiritual leaders worldwide. So thank you so much for joining today, Rachel. Thank you for having me, Sonia. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on too. So I just wanted to, um, we were having a a little bit of a glitch here in uh, recording, but I think this is going to (laughs) work. So I hope you guys can. It's working. (laughs) Okay, perfect. So I hope you guys uh, can hear us okay. We're doing the best that we can here with what we have. Um, So yeah, thank you again for coming. I wanted to kind of just jump into what you do. Um, You know, I love shamanism and I would, I want to introduce this to listeners. A lot of them are new to this. A lot of them have no idea. And so kind of just maybe start with the origins of shamanism and your journey with it. That would be great. Okay, that's a big one. And the thing with um, shamanism is it's been around forever because it's connected to the earth. It's based on the earth and the elementals. So as long as humans have been on this earth, and we've been trying to find a sense of connection to our higher guidance or to the world beyond our spiritual connections, we've kind of used aspects of the earth to connect us to those things that are beyond ourselves. And so it's been all throughout history. I mean, you can find different um, aspects of shamanism all the way back as far as humans have been, (laughs) literally have been recording history. It's looked different depending on the culture that it's shown up in, but kind of the overarching connector point of what's considered shamanic is that it is based on the elementals like fire and earth and water and wind. And through that, it forms a bridge with the spiritual world and the material world, looking for a sense of connection through those everyday aspects of the human like material experience and then using those to bridge yourself to something that is considered non-human or outside of form and so it's looked like i said different in different communities whether it's in russia whether it's uh, the native community whether it's the druids whether it's i mean it, it's all over the planet you find um you know history that's connected to shamanism so today it's kind of there's kind of a mishmash, like mm-hmm. <laughs> melting pot of shamans and um, this re-emerging connection that people are having with our really organic and natural forms mm-hmm. of connecting with the beyond. And I think that's why so many people, same with the health industry and going towards naturopathic methods, all of these things are kind of like calling us back to something 
that is um, more natural and elemental and um, just an easy way of connecting beyond kind of the synthetic that we, you know, I feel like we went through a period of time where everything was more over-sensationalized and synthetic, and now we're coming back to a place where people are wanting the real, the real, real. Yeah. And this is where the shamans come in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And I wanted to ask you about your own journey with it. I know that many times we're called and we have to go through this dark initiation period ourselves and kind of go through the underbelly mm-hmm. and come out and go, hey, this this was my purpose. This is my purpose, right? It's like it's such yes. a calling. Yes. And you're, and you're so right on about the way you said we have to go through the dark night or the underbelly. Um, <laughs> we, we would love it to be otherwise, like we would love it to be sparkles and rainbows. And I think in the Ascension community, age community, or those that are seeking, um, kind of the, going through the awakening process, it's like, we want to be told we can just, you know, poof and, and manifest something. And the reality is that a lot of people come across a sense of harsh awakening or um the dark night or a deep space of losing uh, or shedding themselves losing something in the form the body getting a very deep sense of either illness or a deep sense of life just absolutely rocking you to the core Mm -hmm. where the layers come off and we unveil the truth of who we are um and i know i kind of got off (laughs) no no worries but i was piggybacking on what you said um, my journey was probably similar there. I mean, my connection to shamanism, my family is Cherokee. My father's Cherokee. And so um, I'm very connected to the Native community and always have felt that way. But um, my childhood was not necessarily connected to that. My father was adopted out of that heritage. He was adopted and um, raised by an adopted family. So a lot of his tradition um, didn't come until later in life when he reconnected with his real father, when he found his heritage, and um, he always, it's who he was, he was always um, very wise, and, you know, he he always just was who he was, no matter what family he grew up in, but, um, but I felt like, you know, when I tell people that, that, oh, my father's native and, you know, this, he comes from this community, it was very distinctively different. It was very um, whitewashed and Bible Belt. I grew up in the Bible Belt and we went to the Presbyterian Church. So a lot of my upbringing didn't look like the traditional native upbringing. And mm-hmm. yet the same morale of character and deep sense of ethic and and um, the validity of things that were beyond the physical, he just had a way of you know, every night would ask me, like, what did your dream speak to you about last night? You know, there's a sense of, like, validity of, mm. of saying these things are important. You know, notice, notice these things. And so it's same with nature and animals. So it was just a way of being that I felt like I was immersed in without even realizing I was immersed in it. It was just um, part of the way that we languaged and understood the world that I felt like I saw through kind of eyes that were always looking for connections with the beyond and validating that. And that, um, you know, the older I've gotten, I realized that's something really special. And not a lot of people have that from their family. Sometimes they're almost devalidated for their psychic connections and the non-physical interactions. So I had a lot of support there, but it wasn't until I got older and um, my psychic journey 
mm. is kind of different. And I call myself a seer and a shaman. And not all sh- shamans are seers. Some are very um, medicinal and plant-based mm-hmm. uh, medicine, and some are very journey-based. And um, so they're all very different um, culturally, yeah. and they all kind of shine and express differently. There's no one size fits all when it comes to a shaman, and that's for sure. <laughs> right, right. And I, so that's why it's hard to define it, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love what yeah. you said. I love, I, I got holy shivers when you were saying how your father used to ask you about your dreams. I think that's so beautiful. It's, it's yes. just, it's touching on these, these very, um, you know, they're not talked about as much, but there's so much symbolism behind that because mm-hmm. you can, you can really be with that person and, and go deeper and be present and, and, you know, I guess discuss these, these very like, beautiful things with with someone who can validate like you said and and see you and really hold you in reverence um that is so missing today that is so missing today and you're so right and it's the little things it's those little moments that add up and create this mountain of feeling comfortable and confident in that realm. And I think it is, it's these little tiny, like, you know, everybody goes to sleep and everybody wakes up in the morning, but not everybody asks, like, what are you dreaming? And then when those dreams feel profound or they become, I used to get reoccurring dreams a lot, you know, when they would ask, like, well, what do you think that means to you? Or what are you going through that that's showing you? Or how is that? You know, even when we would take a walk in nature, there would be a sense of, like, what's speaking to you? What do you feel Mm. like needs your love? Like, there's this, there was this constant sense of, like, something beyond everything that we see. Mm. Notice it. And in those moments, it's not, you know, someone teaching from the pulpit or somebody, you know, in a class. You don't learn that mentally. You learn it through the everyday sense of integration. That's something that I love so much about the shamanic community Mm. is it's about integration. It bridges the material world and transcends and, and connects it to the spiritual world. And I find that so much of the spiritual community almost like, disempowers our material experiences Mm. and foregoes it and just wants to be in the stars and just wants to think about my home is beyond here. My home is, you know, this, this, (laughs) and, and then, so there's no integration and we walk around feeling very ungrounded and our material life, our material aspects of life are just crappy. We can't pay the bills. We can't, there's no material, there's no integration of the world. Yes. I I hear you and I I see that all the time. Yeah. And I I feel like a lot of that is because there is so much unhealed, unearthed trauma there where you're already Mm. checked out and then it gives you more and and anything that happens then that kind of, you know, um, you know, kind of like, uh, it kind of like, uh, what's the word? It kind of like spooks you and then you want to check out even more and go oh it's this it's that it's ascension and I'm so over that right now it's amazing how things shifted for me this earlier this year but yeah you're spot on with that um it's it's such a disconnection (laughs) it is it is and that's what I love so much about what I teach and what I share in this shamanic community it's not it's it's nitty gritty. It's muddy. It gets in there and it says like, how, you know, how do we look at these aspects and move through them? Not with a sense of disassociation or, um, just trying to manifest beyond like it looks and it validates and it gives a sense of voice to the human experience as a holy experience in itself that, that, um, 
that we're choosing to integrate through, to learn through. So I, I feel like that's missing and so needed right now. And a lot of people um, are really trying to find that balance. And I feel like it speaks a lot to the balance of that, like trying to find an integrated life that feels spiritual and yet also um, material yeah. in a way that feels like we enjoy the material. We don't need to just run away from it all the time. That, that really you know, squeezes the juice out of this human life. I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I feel um, there's, uh, there's, I think the way that we have evolved so, so rapidly, there's, I, I love that you touched on the integration part, because even in my mm-hmm. own journey, um, going through the dark night, going through a massive, you know, Kundalini, whatever you want to call it. Now mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't even know yeah. what that was. But I was initiated into realms, into the earth realms, um, having mm-hmm. visitations from animals, having communication mm-hmm. with the elements, having, uh, you know, putting my hands on a tree in the redwoods and it communicating with me and, you know, going yeah. to feel, um, you know, when I, I, I never forget this, I went to Ireland and I was in Wicklow and I was walking, it was shortly after my um, awakening and my body was buzzing for hours. I mean, hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I, I was met by beings that I can't even, I mean, even now I have holy shivers and it's something I'll never, ever forget. And I would love mm-hmm. to just kind of talk about like just how much, you know, and even here, like the trees all around me, even going on a mini journey at home. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that for people that are new to this? Because I really, truly feel that everything in the element is speaking to us all the time. Can we calm down enough to to connect with that? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> A whole lot of yes to what you're saying. Um, yes, and I love that you brought, first of all, that's just the exact kind of thing we were talking about, about integration, that it's all around us all the time and that is the majesty of the human experience the elementals are so profoundly powerful and yet just like the easiest um it's just like spirit like when it's so obvious we tend to miss miss it we overlook it we think it's got to be this grand difficult process mm. and 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 spirit it, it, you know, already has manifested us into this human body and given, I mean, we're spirit before we're formed. We're already connected. We can never be unconnected. It's the same thing with the elementals. We are born into a human body that is made from carbon-based. I mean, we are we ourselves an elemental. We are mineral form. We are water. We are heat and fire capable. I mean, we are an electromagnetic heart processing mm. battery. We have all of the same access uh, to the elementals in our own form. We are in elemental form as well. And so it's such a natural way to heal, to connect, to elevate, to ground. I mean, it's, it's so easy that we often miss it and we think, well, let me go and do this fancy dancy, um, like mm-hmm. let's do the medicinals or let's do something mm-hmm. that seems very external when just the easiest form of connection, like you said, I love that you said, just putting your hand on a tree mm. or just sitting and connecting using that that palm chakra there there's a heat right there that's literally transferring this sense of communication they found already that 
trees communicate mm-hmm. through their root system. We're always, science is always finding things, and it's like, yeah. I know. known this forever. <laughs> <laughs> even like grounding, you know, we hear that term a lot in mm-hmm. the spiritual and the new age and awakening community. Like we have to ground, we have to ground, especially when we're having these high Kundalini experiences, major interactions with high vibrational beings when we're getting downloads and up-leveling. A lot of this stuff is coming in from these higher frequencies. Mm-hmm. So there's a natural component that has to ground. And it's nothing it's nothing difficult. It's just that oftentimes we live in these little houses, these apartments, we structure ourselves in these little boxes and we're not connecting at all with our natural elements of what we're made of. And so we, we make it a little more difficult for ourselves in terms of our human experience. We get the tinnitus in the ear or we get, you know, the body starts to say, I need to be connected to the earth. Mm. Uh, As simple as that is, our body starts to to speak to us in that way and just going outside, um, putting your hand on something, even just sitting on the ground, even just feeling the natural elements on your feet. Like kids do this all the time. We do it when we're young. And then when we get too adulty and too responsible, we're like, oh no, I'm just going to wear my shoes all the time. And I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. go from here to there in the car and stay on sidewalks and stay on things. It's very disconnected from the elements. So we almost have to be really intentional to connect and have that sense of balance. And that's what it does. It balances us out. It creates a sense of harmony to where we, again, it comes back to that sense of integration where we can continue our awakening process, our evolutionary experience, which everyone's going through the whole world vibrationally is up leveling. So no matter what level you're starting at, it's going up. It's going up through the body, it's going up through the head, it's going up through the spirit. Everything is going to be taking everyone up in an intense level right now. We all know this. And so to have that sense of integration is so important to feel like I'm not going crazy. I can balance my life out. I'm functional. (laughs) And shamanism, it sounds like it's, you know, that kind of um, makes it very plain and simple. But at the same time, it's about that. It's about like, how do I live my life in this ultra, ultra, um, connected way that feels absolutely magical, but also feels absolutely functional in the day to day where I feel like I can have this joy and this bliss and this connection with everything that I'm communicating with and not separate it out. Like only in my altar time, only in my prayer time, only in my meditation time, only when I'm doing yoga. It's like, no, every little dream that I have, every little food that I'm putting in my mouth, mm-hmm. this is that life of integration of living meditation. And that's really, I feel like what a lot of people are coming into now. I absolutely agree with you. And I I definitely feel that for myself as well with mindfulness practices. Something shifted for me in January where my nervous system now is like so much calmer where I can actually, you know, um, think and um, bless the food I'm eating. Like every little experience is that much more heightened now, but it's because I'm that much more present now. Yeah, right? it's just... that's a that's a powerhouse word right there. You hit the nail on the head. Presence. Yeah. That you're present in what you're doing. Yes. And that to me is that's integration. Also, it's it's not disassociating from the body or not letting the mind uh, be separate from the experience of what you're doing. And a lot of the human experience has kind of um, made us very mechanical and 
robotic and we do a lot of things from rote memory, not our actual presence, not actually using an intentional thought of what we're doing. We just do it rote, we do it mindless. And so uh, we've kind of been bred to do that. This is the mechanical aspect of our schooling. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the system that we've grown up in. Right. So to, to come into a place that's very intentional, as simple as that sounds, it takes, it takes an awareness, it takes a thought, it takes a sense of actual focus at the beginning of being conscientious of where our mind is going, where our intentional energy is going, because that energy, you know as well as I know, is, is, is the power. Where are you directing that energy? There's something that's coming from that. If we're just letting it be diffused and kind of outside of ourselves, it literally feels like that mist and we're walking around in that kind of cloudy, yeah. robotic, like mist versus pulling into the presence of, of each and every moment, no matter what you're doing. If it's your child and they skin their knee, it's like I'm fully presently here in this moment, whether it's with a client mm. and you're healing cancer. I'm fully, absolutely present, wholeheartedly. Mm. That is truly harnessing intentional energy. There's power there. I love that. I really, really love that. And the fact that you, you brought up um, even deeper healing of the physical body can you speak a little bit? Because I love that. I love health and healing. It's it's my passion. And um, I wanted you to maybe speak about like healing, um, healing these uh, heavy duty illnesses and the shamanic way of, you know, when you, for instance, like uh, when you go to a medicine person, it's very different. Like when you go to allopathic versus a shaman, right? We would, there's, there's different mm-hmm. things that, that you would ask. Like even um, someone like me, I'll go, well, when did that happen? Like what happened? You kind of just keep digging mm-hmm. a little bit to go, well, what happened? You know, and that's something that was massive for me. My doctor, my first integrative doctor um, in California, you know, after tons and tons, you know, thyroid stuff. And he finally was like, when do you think this started? And no one had ever asked me that. <laughs> wow. And you probably hadn't even asked yourself that either. No. And even when my, my, yeah, you're right. And even the conscious mind was like, oh, it's this, that. But five years into it, I'm like, oh my God, there's veil upon veil upon veil upon now. Oh, I chose this to help other people. I get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it goes way deep, yes. Um, and so, and I cannot speak for every shaman either. I can yeah. speak for myself in the way that, because, like I said, every cultural depiction of a shaman is different. Um, I think it's the most broad term of spiritual healer mm. um, out there in the in the community of spirituality and awakening in this new age community. Um, and so it is very different by each one. And so, you know, just going from your sense of resonance with who you resonate with. But mm. when someone comes for physical healing, mm-hmm. um, I blend my seer, uh, in the shamanic community, we're called seers. If I was teaching psychic development, I would say psychic, mm-hmm. um, in the multidimensional community, it doesn't really matter the way that you language it, but it's done a little different um, in terms of, like, just the technique of it, which really doesn't matter. It's more from my perspective. It's mm-hmm. a little different technique when I do psychic work versus seership, which is more 
integrated. It's more like similar to shape-shifting, like going into their body. It's not possession. Mm -hmm. It's just energetic melding. We call it energetic melding or second sight, to where mm -hmm. similar to remote viewing, but you would move into the form. And then you are so connected with them that as they begin to speak, you begin to hear what they're what their internal thoughts are saying, you begin to feel in their body the contractions of the muscles where they're holding and storing that energetic core. Mm -hmm. And just like you mentioned, there's always an emotional, typically our emotional cores are like little nodules. They're the easiest to find. Mm -hmm. This is why, uh, and they're stored in just in our DNA, our memory, our memory DNA. And uh, the body has a visceral muscular reaction to these emotional nodules are kind of points where we're holding the trauma and trauma I'm using that broad too because mm -hmm. sometimes it can be one little thing that someone said on the fly to you yeah. and you don't even remember it but yeah. your DNA remembers it your body remembers it yeah. and you'll be like really that had an impact that little kid in kindergarten said I don't like your skin and you're like wow, I don't even remember that. But for some reason that will come up in my fear, uh, you know, session. And I will feel exactly where that core energy is stored. Like typically it actually is a pain point. Like it will hurt. I'll say, oh, it's right here. And I'll push on it on that person. And like, oh my God, that hurts so bad. It's so tender. Mm. <laughs> it's just like a spot on the chest. If it's over the heart chakra or it's mm. in the lower back, if it's the root. I mean, wherever we hold it, a lot of times we don't even know we're just functioning our body and functioning and functioning and, you know, just trooping on like a little trooper, not sitting down and speaking to our form in a way that says, show me where your pain is. Show mm. me where, and even if it's a physical issue, mm. you know, as well as I do, it's always mind and body and spirit. This is how we are. We're spirit and we're mind and we're body. And so all of our physiological issues, our um, actual illness that shows up, manifested in the body still has a spiritual component and still has a mental component. So there's typically mental patterns mm -hmm. that have been created around it. If it's some sort of um, reoccurring issue, like if it's, if it's been a long time illness or there's still a pattern, even if it's an acute illness, like sometimes mm -hmm. it's an acute pain, it's an acute, but then there's a pattern around it of thinking like, why is my, I don't like my body. My body never does what I want it to do, or mm -hmm. it'll be this mind. So we have to deal with the mind patterns. We have to deal with the physiological, which a lot of times has to do with diet. It has right. to do with exercise and spirit will just uh, channel right through because I'm in their body and spirit will just say, I need this. I need this. Sometimes it's a literal detox or like a week long of just eating apples or just eating beets or, um, it'll, they just give it to me specific the way that the body starts speaking. And I just channel that right out. And then we start to work on the physical component also. So a lot of times there is a detox or purification that the body needs to go mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. And we'll write that down. And then in the session, they'll go through um, an actual healing through elementals. So I will use a lot of times um, my drum or the rattle to shake it up. And it's kind of like if it's been sitting there sedimentary and the muscle is contracted, similar to the way a massage works. And the masseuse is kind of working that muscle to loosen and loosen. We can use sound waves, and our ancients did this forever. We danced, we, we drummed, we rattled, we made sound that basically, just like you've seen probably in videos when people are mm -hmm. singing and it breaks the, the vase, 
you use the sound waves to essentially loosen up the contraction in the body. The body starts to loosen, loosen, loosen. And then we use the other elementals like wind or water to push it out. So I'll literally be putting water on them. I'll literally be blowing on that area or sucking it out. I'll be, <laughs> mm. I mean, it's very physical. There's a component to it that uses the physical body, that uses the material realm. And I, I use dirt. Sometimes I'll be putting mud on people if I need to absorb it. So there's an aspect that the body really likes. I feel like it aligns so well with the elementals because this is how it's, it's a material form. Our body knows materiality. And so it knows to shift. It knows what to do in the sunlight. It starts to soak it. Mm. It knows what to do with water. It starts to purify. It knows what to do with heat. If I put fire on you, it's going to burn it out just like a fever. Mm. This is the way our body naturally wants to clear itself of a toxin, of a bacteria. So we amplify that mm. uh, when the shamanic clearing just to add a sense of like, all right, if our body knows to burn it out like a fever and I see this in here, then I'm going to add heat, 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 heat. I'm going to blow on it. I'm going to put the flame on it. I'm going to hold a tea light candle over this area. We're going to get the heat going. Yeah. And then we're going to use our intentional focus, that power of our intention, like a laser. I'm talking like, we talked about presence. I'm right. gonna, I mean, we fire it up and then I use my third eye like a freaking laser beam. And yeah. I'm like, this is what we're intending. This is what we're bringing up. Yeah. And I align it with the client. So they align with it as well. And a lot of times that's also missing in a lot of other, um, like healing work. It's mm. very passive. Mm. Shamanic work is not. It's very active. And so um, I'm telling you what I'm doing. And I'm saying, are you ready? Or do you want to heal? Or do you believe this is possible? It's a little, it's aligning of the mental mind. You have to get in that state where, where you're not just like, heal me, do it, do it yeah. to me. You know, I'm yeah. just going to lay here like a flop and, and just uh, like a masseuse. <laughs> Instead, it's very integrated saying like, this is me facilitating this, but this is your body. You have to claim that this is your truth, that this is your, that you're capable of this healing, that you want to sustain it, that you're not just going to walk out of here and be like, yeah, that was Rachel's thing. Yeah. And it lasted for three hours, but nah, yeah. that's on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> this is the patterns I'm talking about of, well, we have to get into the pattern of the mind of like, um, and so a lot of the shamanic healing too is, is going to those patterns. And I will speak like it, whether it's a mantra what is it that they need to shift in terms of the mental mind to be able mm. to align with the capability of that healing? Especially when it's, when I'm working with clients where it's major, you know, HIV or cancer, something that terrifies them that they've been told, you will never get rid of this. Right. You will never, uh, and so there's a lot of mental work that really, it takes an effort, it takes an aligning, it takes a sense of precision of showing up with that uh, power of the will as well as the spirit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You nailed it on so many levels. I completely agree. Um, I love that you use all these elements. I think it's so powerful. I think the drum for me in particular has been hugely, hugely powerful. Every time it turned on, it was just like, boom, like you're activated. You know that you, you yep. know this, you know this sound, you know where it came from. It's something that you just, it's, it's just magical to me it's it's so such a powerhouse you know where it's like you yes. you can feel the origins of it in your like reverberating through your soul almost totally well that's the sign of a shaman right there yeah yeah for sure <laughs> as far as i mean there's a native connection there where it's like i know this i know this sound and this sound to me connects me with spirit because it's been used for so many generations and so many cultures to align with the spiritual world, whether it's in ceremony or in yeah. the sacred healing times, or uh, it's 
And so we know it, just like you said, it turns yeah. on something inside of us and we're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm connected, I'm activated, let's do this. Exactly. Yeah. And I do feel it also is connecting us to our heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like- I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And, and the Schumann resonance, the Earth's heartbeat, there's a connect in there. And really drums too. I mean, if they're, if they're made and they're not like vegan drums, like they're real yeah. drums with skin, yeah. um, it is a reverberation of that sound through the skin, which mm-hmm. is so connected. Like you just said, it's, it's our heartbeat. This is the way we hear our internal. If we were to put our ear to someone else's chest, this is how we would hear our home calling. Like, this is home. This is yes. my center. This is my heart. And so I love that. You connected that. It yes. makes so much sense. Yeah. I, I do love also that it connects, like, even the um, the drums and certain, like, rattles. And we're using, I mean, it's it's literally, you're using the elements, right? You're using the animal. Yeah. You're um, yeah, honoring the animal. The animal you're honoring the wood. And I just feel like that really just brings it home, right? It's where you're connected to everything. You're not like... Um, oh, well, this, is, this isn't vegan. And I feel like there's this aspect that's shattered for a lot of people. And I'm not saying anything wrong yeah. against veganism, but it's not a whole, um, I don't know, it's, it's just for me, it doesn't feel whole. I went down that road. It, it, was, it was lacking in a lot of ways. I think, you know, like I have a drum. I have two different drums and they're made from, you know, I have elk and then I have, I mean, there's, but I, and I am a vegan when I eat, but I revere the animal that made that drum. And, and when I'm drumming, it's a sense of connecting with the animal kingdom and letting them sing and letting them speak. And there's, there's a sense of reverence. The mm. native community has never held that in a sense of disrespect. They've just honored the life of that animal. And I think there's nothing more honoring, just like when we have a funeral or we have some sort of celebration of life. It doesn't dishonor the person mm. um, to cremate them. It doesn't dishonor, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. it, there's a sense of absolute reverence and letting them speak beyond their physical life. They're, they're getting to still live through this uh, experience. So I think mm. there's a lot of reverence and honor in that. I love that. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about, um, I love this conversation so far. We just hit the ground running and there's so much beautiful I information. <laughs> I love it. I can talk and talk. I love it. And you're you're really really passionate and it and it definitely shows how much you love this and um I'm just so happy to have you on. Um I love to speak about different modalities. Shamanism is very very close to my heart. I feel like a lot of what you were saying it's it's everything that I do as well, but I don't necessarily yeah. I haven't like yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, soul retrievals. This is a really big one, and I have done a few, and I yeah. think it's powerful. It's amazing. Is it, is it that it's obviously, like you said, laser-focused, intentionalized belief, um, and mm-hmm. why would people even need a soul retrieval? Can you, can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Um. There's different reasons. Let me see where I want to go with it. Um, so the soul retrieval, if people don't know what it is, essentially in the shamanic community, we believe that fractals or aspects of your soul can be lost throughout life, even beyond and before this lifetime. You can lose um, fractal aspects of the soul. And essentially, we don't um, often with the totality of our soul, our spirit. 
because our energy, most of us, is, energy is so much larger than what this human body can contain. Uh, and so much stronger, like the light would literally burn through the human body. It, it, it just it can only hold so much. And so we come in with these aspects of as much as we can carry. They've been throughout life, whether it's been trauma. A lot of people lose aspects of their soul through um, specific acute trauma, okay, in childhood, um, childhood abuse, uh, family abuse, or um, there is also just the accumulation of soul loss. And this is also really common and kind of overlooked, where it's just the slow, this is kind of the manipulative, like the little worm that gets in, and uh, where you start to just negate yourself, negate mm-hmm. your soul. You negate your passion. You, you negate, oh, you know, I'll never be a singer. They, they told me I should just get a job that pays the bills. Or um, they said I wasn't, you know, smart enough to do this. Or um, even the little bits, like as a woman, where, you know, well, why are you dressing like that? You should dress your age. Or why? These little, little bits that... They just start to kind of chip away at what makes you you. And it can be totally inconsequential or it can be very, very profoundly traumatic. Mm. All of these can lead to a sense of uh, soul loss Mm. where you find yourself at a place. And this is when I get a client that comes in and they're just like, I feel lost. Mm. I feel like I don't know myself anymore. I feel like. Um, you know, this is who I was and then I lost my job and I'm like, I have no identity. I don't know where to go or mm. I've been a mom and then suddenly I'm empty nested and I, I'm like, who am I? Yeah. This is where I'm like, you need a soul retrieval. It's time to find out and to remember who you are. So it can be parts of you that disassociate very clearly because the pain of the experience is too much to contain in the human body, even in our auric field, in our emotional body. Mm. Um, if it's too painful, then we can push those fractal aspects out of ourselves or leave them there and just say, you know what, it's too painful to retain that memory. It's too painful to hold on to that. So I'm just going to forget it. And sometimes when it's been that acute trauma, you'll ask them, like, what happened then? And they, they have no memory. They're like, I don't know. I blocked it out. I don't yes, know what happened. Yes. I don't. I can't. And that's, there you go. There's another soul retrieval. That's like a big blinking green light for soul retrieval. The same with a sense of loss, of direction where they're like, I I just, I don't know where to go. And I don't even have motivation to seek out where to go. I'm like, it's soul retrieval time. Those um, two different paths kind of cause a sense of need, whether it's that slow accumulation of a sense of loss of who you are or the acute trauma that's literally just pushed out. It's been too painful to look back at those things and you've separated out part of your energy. There's an energetic component to mm-hmm. it. And then there's a personality component to it. Totally. So the energy itself, it, you know, it, 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 it's like you lose it and then you have that lack of motivation. You feel very drained. You don't feel it's hard to get up and go. There's a literal energetic component to it that just feels lacking. Like your life doesn't have much juice and vitality to it. Mm. This is also a sign of, of kind of an accumulation of soul loss. Um, and then there's that personality component where it's like, I just, I gave everything away to that relationship or mm. that issue or that identity. And I have, now I don't want to be that person, but I don't know who I am because I gave all of that away or I, I negated it. Um, and so, 
those two aspects, when we do a soul retrieval, um, we do it through a journey, which is a drumming meditation, and it's very specific. Every, like, shaman may do it different in different mm-hmm. ways, but I target it very specific to whatever it is that feels like um, they're needing to bring back, whatever aspect they're needing to bring back, whatever quality that they feel like they've lost. So we have a little bit of intake at the beginning of, like, where do you feel like you're lacking, and sometimes they don't know. And so we do some seer work where mm-hmm. it's similar to psychic work mm-hmm. where we go in and we ask spirit, like, where is it that they're needing to bring back their energy fragments and their um, aspects of the soul that are that are lost? Where are those things missing? And then we note those, and then we note them specifically in the body, too. And just with me, I move it also specifically in the body because typically there are. There are physical elements that if it's been gone and vacant for that long, um, typically they'll have issues that start to translate throughout the body or connected to the body. So their circulate, circulatory system will not be functioning well or they'll um, have issues with autoimmune or sometimes there's an actual literal component that's man- manifested in the form and we'll look at that. And then we move into the journey. And so once we've targeted those areas, I drum specifically over those areas of the body. So there's a component where the drum is like the sound waves. I want it to hit where it hurts, mm. <laughs> where the vacancy has been. I want the sound waves to go in there and start pulling from there. And so I'll guide it. I'll start by guiding it. Um, and kind of similar to a guided meditation, mm. I'll speak that person into uh, space of connection and then it's just a long repetitive time of drumming and it moves that person into a trance-like state repetitive any sort of repetitive frequency or sound wave will move us into a trance-like state mm. and so then they go wherever they go and I as the practitioner am also going with them so this is a little different than traditional um, you know like soul retrieval so don't always go with you but I go, but I don't talk. I just go there. And then afterwards, the drumming, I change the pattern and rattle. And so that's the sign to come back out of the journey. And then we do some assimilation time. So we have to talk about it because then a lot of times there's crazy stuff that they see, Mm. or you know, just a lot of, and then there's sometimes very physical, uh, you know, they're shaking or they're crying. I've had people scream. I've had people throw up. I mean, there's a lot of, if it's deep and it's traumatic, it comes out. And, um, I facilitate that. I don't stop at all. Like we just, we go where we go. (laughs) I've been a lot of places. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of work. It definitely is a lot of work and and a lot of people will spend years in psychotherapy, not to say that that's bad or not to say that's wrong or anything. I'd love psychotherapy, but when you really want to go to the heart of it, this is like, you go to the shaman, (laughs) go go to a shaman. Exactly. And, and yeah, you're so right. And it does, it does, it's, it's deep, but the beautiful space of that, I feel like, is that uh, you're not, you know, I'm there with you, and a shaman is there with you, and, um, and we're there with the post-processing. I think that's another thing, is like, being with someone afterwards, of like, why did I see this, and what in the heck was the armadillo coming in here yes. for, when, you know? <laughs> yeah, or, in, and like, like, let's connect and sleep. Exactly. And and like you mentioned, the integration. Now you have this mm-hmm. these aspects that came back. Now you met the memory yes. and now you're like, oh, well, where do I go now? <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's a huge part of it. I feel like a lot of people, um, even in different types of healing work, 
they'll have, or even like I said, psychotherapy or, um, or if they go and they're doing plant medicine and they have an ayahuasca or they're having these crazy experiences that are very transformational, even just a Kundalini awakening. But the integration or assimilation, the post-processing of that is like, now what do I do? How does this integrate into my life or does it just stay like beautiful mystical experience but doesn't actually transform my day-to-day? You've got to move into that form of integration to utilize the true power of now you have these aspects back. Now let's walk in it. Let's walk Mm. in it. And it's, it's literally like a baby. You have to learn again how to walk you're not used to it you've been fractioned off and you're not used to having this much energy coursing through your veins there's a literal physical component to it that fritzes people out there's a literal emotional component to it where we feel uh, we can feel overwhelmed by the emotionality of experiencing your psychic senses start to all turn on i mean all of it begins to um, move into a very intense space so that post-processing of integration is so important oh my gosh so so important and uh, I've, thank gosh, you know, I had people to walk me through mine, but it was, it was like, yeah. oh my God, you wake up and the next day you're looking, I mean, my eyesight changed, everything, yeah. like everything changed where, you know, then you're like, birds are looking at you, you're everything yeah. like is heightened to a point where you're just like, oh my God, what is happening? So can you tell people um, in like, how, what, what does integration look like? Like maybe a, a couple things of what they could do if they're experiencing this or, or if they um, are kind of just looking for some self-help tools. Cause I think yeah. integration is huge and I'm so glad we're talking about it. Yes. Um, I love that you asked that too. So it doesn't have to be over the top. I love, and I teach this too. I love uh, journaling yeah. <laughs> because it uses the material for, okay paper like literal paper mm. and I love the graphite pencils I always direct people not to attend but to pay this is the mineral kingdom so as simple as this sounds it moves the energy that's stored a lot of times it's the, in, the energy in our head or the emotional components or like you said uh, everything starts to shift and and we don't have a way of working it through form when we move energy onto a page, that's a literal practice. The same is true of like singing or speaking. Mm. It moves it out, but then it then it keeps it out almost in this etheric realm, and it doesn't materialize, doesn't move it into a form. Form. If you can paint, if you can sculpt, if you can write, and I can't paint and I can't sculpt. <laughs> <laughs> so I can write. I can get on a piece of paper and just draw it out, or I can write it out. There, that. As simple as that sounds, there is an alchemical aspect of that mm. that is transferring and transmuting something that is morphic or held outside of the body or beyond in our orc field, mm. trying to move through the head, trying to move through our human form, and it moves it all the way through and out in place, and it gives it a place. Mm. So the energy has a store point, and tree energy is super, it's earth energy, it's absorbent, mm. just with the soak it up. It soaks up the sunlight. It soaks up the water. It soaks up all of that energy. And so it's a simple way um, to help you integrate what's coming in. Now, when it's coming in in waves, you got to be disciplined about it and you got to really move it through. And a lot of times when it's coming in so fast, we feel like we don't have time to sit down and write it all out, but it's worth it. Mm. (laughs) It's worth it to say, okay, 
I'm going to give myself five minutes in the morning. I'm going to put that journal right beside my bed. I'm going to give myself five minutes at night where I just, it doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to look pretty. It just is a transference and transmutation of that energy. And it will help so much with the tinnitus. It will help with a lot of the overwhelmed energetic components that are hard because there's a literal aspect that's stretching and um, stretching in our inner ear. It's opening up parts of, I mean, and just like you said, with your vision, um, that's a telltale sign of your clairvoyance, mm-hmm. activating in higher level frequencies. A lot of people get it through their clear audience, through the ears, or in the throat, throat issues um, with the speech as well. So those are your psychic senses just activating. Have to learn to move that energy quickly through the form because it's coming in fast. Otherwise, it can combust. I mean, I've had that happen too. I had an inner ear stroke when I was a child because I was pushing, like, not letting the energy come out in the amount that it was coming in. Wow. And not to freak people out, but it's, it's a reality. It tries to transfer through the form. We're, we have a human form. And so if we don't pay attention to that aspect of it, that the spiritual has to be transmuted through. Um, and so those physical things are really helpful. Even... I mean, you can simply like hold a stone, a black stone, Mm -hmm. because black stones are absorbent of energy. They don't have to be cleared. Uh, Like crystals and things like this, that's what they love to do. They're absorbers, just like any sort of black clothing that we wear that absorbs sunlight. They're absorbent of the energy. So if you hold them in the palm chakras, if you have active palm chakras, you can also put it on uh, the bottom of your feet. Mm -hmm. So the palm chakras of our feet are the palm chakras of our hands. And basically sending that discharge of energy, especially like electricity, especially yeah. if your body is really active. Like you talked about your kundalini and how you were walking around and literally humming like your body was humming. Mm. That is an electrical like discharge of energy. There is a literal, like if someone measured your frequency right there, mm-hmm. it's a measurable component if they had one of those electromagnetic currency readers. You can, you can measure it. Our, mm. our auras and our frequencies are measurable. We just don't carry those little meters right? <laughs> and that's to measure it. But that component, you can help by just like putting a black stone and thinking that very intentional thought of like, I want to send this energy out of the palms of my feet or out of the palms of my hand into this stone. Asking the stone and speaking just with your clear audience and intentional energy to the stone, please absorb this energy. It wants to do it. It'll do it naturally, just like any black clothing will naturally absorb sunlight and make you hotter. It's part of its material complex, and it just does that as a mineral. But I love um, that. that's one way also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, as you were talking, the stone that kept coming up was Apache Tears, the black stone. Mm, yeah, it just yeah, was like, talk yeah. about me. <laughs> Powerful. I love that. So a lot of people could See, use and you're that. getting it. Yeah. In your clear audience, you were just like, no, that's it. Yeah. Or even a, like black tourmaline, um, anything, anything black that, yeah. A lot of people yeah. carry that. Um, I mean, I use, I love those huge black river walks that they use for um, stone, hot stone massage therapy because Ooh. they're like the size of a potato. They're oh, like a full on palm size. <laughs> and oh. you can get them just like on Amazon in stock. You know, they have like these large amounts because people use them for the hot stone therapy. But they're usually flat and they've been, you know, worn by water. So there's a, a really um, absorbent energy that wants to kind of soothe. Um, I also like kyanite. I wear, I like black kyanite a lot. Oh, um, I love On that. the physical body. Mm. I, I wear it like earrings. I feel like it really helps 
neutralized energy that comes in through my ears and over my heart chakra. So that's the beautiful thing about stone jewelry is you can wear it over the body part that you're getting yeah. a lot of activations and energetic upgrades. If, um, if there's like my ears always, because I'm also very clairaudient, yeah. um, it really, I get frequencies come in a lot. So if you know that you have issues with your ears or tinnitus or you hear ringing or if spirit speaks in that way, um, stone earrings and, and these dark stone, whether it's tourmaline or onyx or there's a lot of black yeah. stones that are, I mean, that's, that's what they do. They're just absorbent. They, yeah. yeah, I'm just really, really happy that you even brought up the, the mention of tinnitus because most people... <laughs> Um, well, just go, you know, what's happening, freak out, uh, go to the doctor, get on uh, different kinds of meds, antibiotics, and it still persists. And so I think it's so important to look at the energetic component, because what I have found through my own journey and walking this path is um, most of the time, your, you know, the places that are blocked have the most power. Your gifts are stored mm-hmm. in those centers. <laughs> and so you're, you're right you know, on. it's like, it's, 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 like you said, it's trying to come out. It's trying to mm-hmm. get your attention. It's uh, needing some TLC, needing some love yep. um, to, or even a healing session or two, right? Like just try to yeah. um, build some kind of homeostasis so you can slowly. Um, be okay with opening these centers uh, because if not, your body's yeah. going to do it for you either way. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's exactly true. I mean, we are made to try, our bodies are made to try to find harmony and they try to find the easiest way. But when there's a dissonant sound or frequency that's coming in, remember a lot of these things, I mean, they're beyond our audible sound spectrum, but they're, but they're, they're, they're very present. They're very active. Um, just because we don't hear it in our ear doesn't mean it's not affecting. And so sometimes our body starts to create these counter sounds, um, similar to binaural beats or the way that these kind of brainwave technologies are working through sound waves to align, to try and find harmony with whatever the sound is coming in. Our body will create a mimic sound mm. to try to harmonize with it. But if we, if we need to up-level or we have blockages or we have some density in our form that we're not clearing out and keeping our chakras clear, keeping these energy um, kind of portaled with the ears, the eyes, all of these higher level chakra system open, then we'll get that sense of noise, right? Like the, the static, the disconnect. It will sound like, um, you know, a musical note that's just off key. It just mm. can't quite reach it yet. Yeah. And so we, it comes as friction and however that shows up, whether it's a sense of like, combustion because it's coming in so strong that was my face it mm. just like busted um or wow. whether it's the tinnitus and the ringing and and I love that you said like yeah they go to the doctor and, and this has been my child too it's like I always I should know better by now I mean I'm 40 years old and I'm like still yeah. <laughs> my, my thing is still and it's been happening since I was a child like I'm always like the wonder where you go to the doctor and they're like well this never happened yeah. never be the way and I'm like well that happened to me <laughs> and I feel like um or they'll, they'll say like oh you know this 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 is not what this um, vaccine does or this is not what this you know whatever it is that the yeah. traditional medicine would normally yeah. react a certain way my body seems to say no nope, we're going to do it this way exactly so, yeah and I just yeah I think that kind of 
that reiteration of that happening so much of going and trying to find what's wrong. I mean, I have clients that come to me with that same exact story of, of my medical history too. Not exactly the same, but the, yeah. the story of just like trying and trying and trying to figure it out and coming to a place where they're just like, you know what, I don't think this is really giving me any information. I'm going to have to seek out some other alternative methods of healing. And that's when they look up the shaman or they look up something that's, more um yeah. you know organic or naturopathic in its balance yeah yeah healing healing modalities i mean we have so many thank goodness we need it people need it it's yeah it's time yeah. um uh <laughs> do you have any journeys or anything you would um i personally love even like they're like 10 minute journeys or you know there's different um uh, YouTube videos, or do you do you have any that you uh, have on your website? Or I'm I'm just asking because I think that when people are looking for answers, it's um, it's just such a beautiful uh, opening that they could pop on a ten minute journey meditation and find the answers for themselves. I mean, I have had yes. such profound openings and communication through a 15 minute, 10 minute journey where I'm just like, oh, okay, perfect. Like, I don't, that's it. That's all I needed. And now I'm good. Yes. And you know what I love? I love that you mentioned this about journeys. And you may have not even realized you said it, but I think it's so profound how you said I can just find that out for myself mm. because so much of the shamanic way of teaching and training is about remember. Mm. Realizing uh, how your meditation um, imagery and how the vision speaks to you. And so it's huge. It, it's a major validation of the internal connection that is, missing in a lot of other guided meditations where it's kind of like they take you on their visual journey. Mm -hmm. They take you through space of what they were, you know, wanting to create mm. versus the journey kind of walks through there and then opens the door and then you <laughs> mm. bring yourself to the space of like what's going to show up there. And, and it's very, very individualized, very personal, and it validates so much of a more self-conscious and self-conscientious way of learning your connections with spirit in, in the way that only you connect in the way that they those visions show up for you and so it's huge um anyways yeah I just love that you said that because I feel like Thank a you. lot of times people go into these meditations and they then they feel lost when they're in their own like trying to make a decision they still need it to come from the outside versus journeying comes from the inside comes from you yeah do you, do you have any suggestions on if anyone yeah. wants to do? <laughs> I do. I do have some on my website. Um, I love that you said that. I On my website, so I have a teaching and tra training like curriculum. It's mm. an online course, and it goes through. There's 44 different modules, some of which are specifically journeying modules. So mm. there's training for all different sorts of psychic senses and shamanic practices, elemental healing. It goes... It trains you in any way, shape, or form, and they're like little video modules. Some of those modules throughout the program out of, I think there's 10 that are journey-based, that are activation-based. There's drumming tracks, and they move you through a space of, there's even a soul retrieval journey on there that moves you into a space of uh, finding your psychic gifts through a soul retrieval, like remembering what you're capable of mm. from, and seeing those lifetimes 
on different timelines when you were embodying your gifts. Mm. A lot of people feel like they know they have gifts, but they there's a missing link there. So those are all on my website if you go to themodernshaman.net and you go to teaching. There's online training, and then there's just all these like images where you scroll through. There's 44 of them, and they're all labeled by their different titles. So the journeys and the meditations are all on there. I love that. Well, thank you so much for this talk, and I'm so glad that yeah. you uh, told people where they can find you before I had the chance <laughs> to ask you, because I was just going to ask you that. My very next question was, where can people find you and, um, you know, if they, yeah, I just think it's, it's amazing. I, I love what you're doing and I love how um, centered and strong you are standing in your power, offering this work to humanity now. And I really wanted to have you on. So thank you for taking the time to come on today. Of course. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, Rachel got cut off. 60 minutes flew by. I could have talked to her for another couple hours. It was so much fun. You can find her on themodernshaman.net. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook by looking up Rachel Kirkland. And yeah, we'll see you on episode number 16. Thank you for listening.